0: Greetings and welcome back to Mishnah Yomit, the study program sponsored by the Orthodox Union, hosted here at OU.org. In each one of these mini-podcasts, we study two mishnayot in order, following the sequence and schedule established by the International Mishnah Yomit. My name is Yitzhak Et Shalom, and I'm honored to be studying Masachet Ketubot with you. We are now in the sixth parak, at the end of the sixth parak, i going to study the final Mishnah of the sixth parak and the first of the seventh parak. The sixth parak, as you've been following, deals essentially with the nedunya, the, dunya, the uh, gifts that are given by the father to his daughter when she enters a marriage and how that is uh, assessed and uh, what the implications of it are. And now we go on to a related topic. Let's say that a man is on his deathbed or he's going to die soon and he sends some money to his daughter through with an agent, with directions as to what the agent should do with it. The father dies, and then the agent gets there and gives the money to her, or has the money to invest in something. And she says, I trust my husband, which may mean, I trust my husband to do whatever he wants with it, or I trust my husband that he'll do what father says. Biado. Uh, she doesn't have that that uh, power, and therefore the agent should do exactly what he was directed by the father. Divrei Rabbi Meir, and that follows Rabbi Meir's thinking that mitzvah lekayim divrei That when a person is on his deathbed and gives a command, he has to be able to die knowing, uh, with full security, that his directives will be fulfilled, and it's a mitzvah to fulfill the words of a dying man. Now, Rabbi Yossi disagrees and says, Think about this. Let's say that she had taken the money and they bought a field with it. And now the field was hers and she wanted to sell the field. If sell them, mi'achshav. The sale would be good immediately. In other words, she has full power. This money is a gift to her. So why can't she also direct it to her husband? Now, when would Rabbi Yossi make this claim? Only be gdola, if the girl was already an adult. If the girl is a minor, then ain't masek tana klum. anything that a does has no halachic validity, and then her decision to reroute the money would not have impact. Okay, the seventh parak, uh, is a parak which actually plays a critical role in all of Seder Hashim, because it deals with Nidarim, and according to the Gemarat, the beginning of Sota is the reason that Masachet Nidarim follows Masachet Tubot, which then of course leads to Masachet Nazir, which is a follow-up of Nidarim, which of course leads to Masachet Sota, because of the juxtaposition of Sota and Nazir in Sefer Ba'midbar, and Rabbi's famous drasha. Kolora Sota yazirat In any case, uh, we will begin para kamadir. A man issues a nedar, in which his wife is not allowed to get any benefit from him. Now, important to note, that Nidarim come in two flavors. There's Nidre Hekdesh and Nidre Isur. This is uh, important. Take a look if you have a chance at the Ramban's commentary at the beginning of Parshat Matot. Nidre Hekdesh is when somebody commits to bring a Korban. Hare Alayola is an example. Uh, Nidre Isur is when somebody bans um, a physical object on someone. And that can play out in one of two ways. You can ban any physical object on yourself and equate it to Hekdesh. So you could say that, uh, food from this particular store, or this particular neighbor's yard, or whatever it is, as a sur to me. The other possibility is you can prohibit anything that is yours on anyone. So you could say that, uh, this person is banned from coming into my yard, or is banned from, uh, eating from my dishes, or whatever it may be. So if a man issues a neder, banning his wife from getting an anar from him. Aj to almost. If the ban is a temporary ban, until 30 days, Ya'amid parnas. he then has to get a middleman who will feed her and take care of her, as is his responsibility, and then he has to, to somehow pay that guy in a way that doesn't violate the halachot of Nidarim. Ya'ater mi'kenim, if it's a longer netter than that, or he doesn't uh, repeal it within 30 days, of v'eteng t'uba, he has to divorce her and give her her folk t'uba. You can't live like that. Now Rabbi Yehuda puts a little bit of a twist into it. He says, If he is a um, a Yisrael, meaning a non-Kohen, for the implications for remarriage, that's the problem, then for one month he should keep her around and use the Parnas. If it's as much as two months, then he really does have to divorce her because worse comes to worse, if he gets uh, gets his uh, head back in place and does the right thing, he can remarry her. But Kohenet, if he's a Kohen, so she's an Eshet Kohen, even for two months he should keep it and feed her through the middleman. But if it's three months, then he has to divorce already. Because remember, divorce when a Kohen divorces his wife, they can never get remarried because she is a Grusha. We'll pick it up in the next podcast with more of the laws of Nidarim. In the meantime, you should have a wonderful day.